Um, the reading is taken from Acts chapter 2 and can be found on page 1093 of the Church Bible. We're reading from uh, verse 14 and then again from um, verses 36 to 41, Peter addresses the crowd. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And as Christopher reads our gospel reading. 24 to 13, 35, can be found on 1061. Now that the same day, two of them was going to a village called Amos, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing them. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of the named Cleopatras asked him, are you the only visiting Jerusalem who does not know things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked, about Jesus and Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to the sentence to death and they crucified him. But we'd hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer those things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on us as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. 
Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. He said, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way. And how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Wonderful. Thank you for telling us that amazing story, Christopher. Loving God, thank you for uh, the stories that you have captured in Scripture, which are written uh, by those who followed you or who sought you. Uh, and wanted to tell us uh, generations on of, uh, of your story and invite us to be part of it. Uh, may we do that this morning. May we enter this story and may we become more and more part of it as we live in your name and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please do be seated. So, we have done the journey of Lent, and we made it to Easter. Hallelujah! Indeed. Um, but our journey is not over. We have a journey in Easter to enter into now. And each of us who would identify as a Christian uh, will have done this journey And we must continue to do this journey as we travel along the road of discipleship as followers of Jesus. The metaphor of the journey, uh, the road, the pilgrimage, has long been uh, one of the defining metaphors of the Christian life. Uh, Long before Bunyan wrote uh, Pilgrim's Progress and stemming really, from the stories of the people of God, which are found from right at the beginning um, in the Bible, in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament section, Uh, right from their exodus from Egypt across the Red Sea, uh, the stories of their wandering journey in the desert, their journeys to and from exile, Um, to this slightly more ordinary story that we have before us today of a couple uh, making their way along a road that probably would have been familiar to them, likely trodden many times before. Uh, We might even surmise that it's their home village or a family village, Uh, Tradition names them as Cleopas and Mary, uh, a married couple who were disciples of Jesus. They are ordinary, and their journey today is ordinary as they plod along the dusty road. Perhaps they were looking forward to being somewhere ordinary, 
if they were headed home somewhere they knew, looking forward to the familiar, the safe, the known. Because they are in grief and shock and confusion as they walk. What are they to make of the journey of the last few days? Jesus was taken and murdered, and then some of the women who are around, who were around with him, with them as they followed Jesus, that very morning they went to the tomb, and they've come back and said he's alive. Their familiar journey is ordinary, but their faith journey is anything but ordinary. So how is your journey? How is your familiar journey, your day-to-day path that you tread um, in this life? How's that for you? And how is your faith journey? In your different journeys, are you in familiar territory? Are you on an adventure? Are you walking forward into the unknown? Who are your companions along the way? Where are you going? How does your faith journey impact your familiar journey, your day-to-day journey of life? And so Cleopas and Mary make their way on their journey, and they're met by a stranger. Um, in the translation that you're reading, and it, it, if you're interested, it's on one, page 1061. It might be useful to follow the story. Uh, the translation says, those who are visiting. Um, but the word actually is probably better. Stranger or sojourner. It's that kind of foreigner language. So they're met by a stranger, and to them he seems a bit thick. He doesn't know what surely everyone should know about what has been happening in their town. And so they say to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? The word, as I've said, stranger has lots of connotations Uh, It's the word, and I know I I don't like to bore you with Greek, but it's the word paraoikos, um, and it means outside the household. So oikos is household, and para, we know that in our everyday language, is is around, outside. Paraoikos. And it is the word that is the root of our word, parishioner. You are outside the household if you are a parishioner. Are you the only parishioner in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there? To be a parishioner is to be a stranger, a foreigner, 
on the outside. And this is what they called Jesus, because he didn't know what was going on. There would have been many strangers, visitors, parishioners, sojourners in Jerusalem coming for the Passover. And even though they were strangers, Cleopas and Mary expected them to know what was going on. But this was the strangest of strangers who was before them. And of course, it turns out that he was the only one who really did know what was going on. And after all, who is the stranger and who is the citizen actually depends on which country you find yourself in, on the road on which you find yourself. The dusty road from Jerusalem to Emmaus was a familiar journey for Mary and Cleopas, one on which the couple knew themselves and thought themselves belonging, thought themselves citizens. And yet, on this day, it was almost like it was an entirely different place. Everything had changed They are both still citizens of this world, as we are. But on this day, they find that they too are paraoikos, parishioners, strangers. They are now in the situation where they belong to another household, The para-oikos is you belong to another household, another kingdom. But we're in the now and not quite yet of the kingdom of God. It's coming, but it's not quite entirely here, you might have noticed. And Mary and Cleopas were in that situation too. They are in transition between one world and another. They kind of belong to both. And they're kind of strangers in both. It's a rather uncomfortable place to be, isn't it? Because that's us. Citizens and strangers in the place where God has put us. It was just taking Cleopas and Mary a moment to catch up as Jesus stood in front of them. And what about us? What difference does it being Easter Day make to us? Are we catching up as we walk our familiar journeys in these days, these days, after the retelling of the story? We're in a familiar journey. It's a familiar story, this to us. How do we reconnect with the reality of what it means that Jesus is raised? One of the ways in which we can reconnect uh, is to think and spend some intentional time thinking what are our familiar journeys? What do we do each day? How can Jesus meet us on those journeys? And how can we walk those journeys in a way that is faithful to the reality of Jesus 
being risen. Um, in the Diocese of London, which is, we, we belong in that household as well. Um, I've mentioned this before. We've been thinking um, since uh, 2013, I think, um, about um, what it means to be Christ's ambassadors. Um, it's, a, it's an initiative which they have invited people to become part of. Um, we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. We're, you know, St. Paul tells us that. And that's interesting because being an ambassador is about being a stranger in a foreign land, really. But bringing something of who we are into that place. And it helps us to think about how our faith journey impacts our familiar or day-to-day life journey. Uh, One of the initiatives that the diocese have given us to try and help us to work through this and to make it kind of impact our lives and relevant to us for today is something called This Time Tomorrow. And there are a few um, videos if you want to Google, if you're that way inclined. You can go and look at some of these videos online. We're going to watch one in a moment. Um, We watched one this time last year as well. Um, when I looked back to see what we were doing last year, I thought, oh, this is interesting. My, my, my own journey is obviously still thinking this is a good thing for us to be thinking about. Um, so this time tomorrow, and it's inviting people to think about their journey, not just on a Sunday morning to church, um, but their Monday to Friday journey. Um, and so they've created some of these videos. They're called Frontline Fridays. And some of the bishops in London have gone to visit people in their workplace or in their homes or wherever they happen to be at 10 o'clock on a Friday um, and asked them how their faith makes a difference to what they do day to day. Uh, So I don't know how you would feel about the bishop turning up on your doorstep or in your office or wherever you are. Um, but these guys, and, and there's different ones. The one we're going to look at today is uh, someone who's a stay-at-home mum. There's someone who's a scaffolder. There's someone, I think, who's a... Um, I think the one we watched last year was a graphic designer. So there's, there's different stories, lots of different types of people, lots of fantastic diversity. Um, so this is to help us to think, how does our day-to-day journey, um, how is it impacted by our faith journey? So we're going to watch the video now. So if we can make sure that the sound is up so everyone can hear. Hi, I'm Rick Thorpe and I'm the Bishop of Islington. Well, I'm really looking forward to spending the day with Amanda. Amanda's a full-time mum based at home, obviously kind of connecting with different people and and very busy during the day as well. So I'm looking forward to finding out what difference God makes in all of those interactions during the day and how she sees God helping her in um, every part of her life, not just on Sundays, not just um, in a church, but actually in um, the day-to-day things that she's about. So Amanda, tell us what it means to be an ambassador for Christ in your life. So as a mum, mainly based at home, I guess um, one of the things that is crucially important is to know that I'm loved by God, because I suppose there's not a lot of social capital or status given to mums who are at home not paid. Who I am is, is valuable and worth, you know, worthy of God's love. 
out of that flows, I suppose, um, a security and a freedom to be who I am and hopefully to offer that love and acceptance of freedom to other people. So hospitality is a key part of what, how I see myself working out my faith. Um, hospitality in the broadest sense of the term, I guess, that sort of generosity of heart and um, a, a willingness to welcome people who aren't like ourselves into our own space, particularly for people who don't perhaps have family in London and lots of people who don't have family nearby. And just with that, um, I guess, greater availability, how does that play out in, in your day-to-day -day as well? So I, um, I suppose as a mother, it, your availability to other people changes as, you, as your children grow. So I guess when I'm going into a shop or if I'm at the school gate, sometimes I become very aware that um, this is a God conversation, if you like, and there's a, an awareness of the fact that there's an opportunity just to encourage somebody. There's some other um, guys that we've um, been a, sort of known as a family who... Um, started coming along to church actually because they were at a local rehab and they were involved in a group that we were involved in, an alpha course. And as a result of that course, we got to know them. There was a real trust formed. But then they started coming to our house to a connect group, just to a home group. And in fact, what ended up happening, which was amazing, is one of them's a really good cook. So I had, they would arrive as I started putting the boys to bed. They'd make the meal, lay the table. Um, I'd come downstairs and all be ready. How do you pray for your children? And how do you see God working in their lives? We, we talk to them quite a lot about um, what, what, who is God and how he loves them. But also I think um, one of the ways they, they speak to me is that I'm so aware that they're so different. As, that they're different to me, that they're all different to one another. And so praying that God would, sort of recognising in them the qualities that God's put in them and trying to encourage those out. Your role as an ambassador of Christ is to invest in them. Yeah, as yeah and I, I guess I, that, that's the privilege. Investors. I think it's a real a, a privilege to be at home. I realise that at, with them, um, wanting to, to, to see them yeah, flourish. And I mean, my main desire for them is that they would know Christ. I don't, I don't really, I mean, other than that, that they would then know what his will for their lives is. So I've really enjoyed being with Amanda this morning. And there are two things that particularly struck me. One was her availability and how she's using that to say, God, I want to go with the flow with what you have for me today. And the second thing is just how she's using her own gifts of her personality and getting, connecting with other people. She knows so many people and she's using that as a way to be a great ambassador for Christ. So that's them encouraging us to um, bring our faith journey into our day-to-day, -day, our familiar journey, um, and just right where you are. You know, it doesn't have to be church on a Sunday morning. In fact, probably um, in church on a Sunday morning, the person next to you uh, knows something of the Christian faith. Not always, but, but actually when you're walking your day-to-day -day life, um, how is that journey going to um, be impacted by the risen Lord. So I'm going to ask you to do something now, which I know, I know is sometimes outside your comfort zone, but it's okay, I promise. Um, and that's just to turn to the person next to you. Um, it might be in twos or threes, depending on where you're sat. Um, and you'll all have an answer to this, so it, it's not a difficult question. But if you share with one another what you will be doing this time tomorrow... Okay, so I'm going to give you two minutes to share with your neighbor what you will be doing this time tomorrow. Okay? Know what your 
neighbor is going to be doing this time tomorrow? Yes? Good. Okay, so now um, I want uh, you to ask the same people um, if they were going to pray for you um, to see how your journey um, might be impacted, how your familiar day-to-day journey might be impacted by your faith journey. What is it you would ask them to pray for you? Um, now, we're in, um, we're in a service of worship and prayer, so it may be that your conversation, which I know Jesus hears, um, is prayer. But if you feel confident enough, you can then pray uh, for one another in that more conventional way. But that's what I'm going to ask you to do now. So tell, that, tell the people how they can pray for you, how your faith impacts that familiar journey. It might not be in a sort of, I had a conversation about Jesus with this person. Um, It might just be that the thing you are doing, uh, you do really well, and that that glorifies God. So there there are different ways, but it might be that you're thinking, actually, I really want to have a conversation about faith with that person, because we've got a relationship and we've talked about it a bit before. But, you know, so be creative and think about how someone can pray for you. If you feel confident, pray for them. But if not, be assured that Jesus has heard your conversation. Okay, so I'm going to give you another three minutes to, to do that. So hopefully you perhaps know a little bit more about the person sat next to you than you might have done before, that they have a journey throughout the week, which might be different to Sunday mornings. Um, let me pray for us all now as we bring those kind of conversations and prayers together. So loving God, we thank you for, um, for our lives and, uh, and the paths and the roads that you put us on. Uh, we thank you for those, Lord, and we ask that you, uh, by your Holy Spirit, um, prompt us in how the reality of Jesus being alive um, impacts just those very ordinary places and paths of life. Um, Help us to be brave when we need to be brave and help us just to see you um, in in the different and diverse things that we do um, as all the people here, many different things, many different lives and journeys. Help us to see you in those ordinary journeys to be able to meet you um, on the road. Amen. So, Mary and Cleopas do meet Jesus on the road on their familiar journey, and it transforms how they understand the whole journey of faith, because Jesus unpacks the whole of scripture to them, so that they become aware of the journey of God, um, which is found in scripture, and which God has taken the whole of humanity on since the very beginning. And so it says that they sit down to eat. When he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. 
And then after that, they jump up and they go back on their familiar journey back to Jerusalem. And it says, they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. There was another meal at the beginning of the story of God with humanity, where it says something about food given, eyes being opened, and knowledge being had. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. The meal that brought sin and death and pain and suffering and sickness and fractured relationships into the world is superseded. There is a new meal to which all are welcome and of which all must eat. It is the meal, the other side of the cross, where Jesus was broken and given for us. And in this meal, it's Jesus who becomes known to us. So may we walk our familiar journeys as parishioners, as strangers who have met the risen Jesus on the road, who have eaten the meal and who have recognized Jesus. May our hearts burn within us as we learn more and more that story of God's journey with humanity captured in scripture. May we know Jesus and may we share him as we meet others along the journey. Amen.